huge plot twist develops immediately after DC jury acquits Perkins Coie lawyer Michael Sussman. Perkins Coie has been doing politically targeted spying of Democrats' political opponents since 2012, facilitated by none other than the FBI. By Brian Cates. Well, the jury wasn't out all that long once its deliberations began anew on Tuesday, May 31st, following the Memorial Day holiday. After asking to see two of the government exhibits, the jury returned and found top DNC Hillary Clinton power lawyer Michael Sussman not guilty of making a false statement to a federal official. A lot of people, including me, had good reasons for expecting a conviction. Reasons such as that Durham had never lost a case in which he brought a defendant to trial, and the fact that there was literally a mountain of evidence, including a text message he wrote himself and never denied writing, that showed Sussman lied to FBI General Counsel James Baker about representing clients when he made his approach to the law enforcement agency with the Alpha Bank hoax. On the other hand, there were those who insisted the amount of evidence didn't matter because this was a Washington, D.C. jury, and they were pulled from a political elitist population that believes Durham should have been ended long ago and this whole trial was a farce. Turns out, those who held that a D.C. jury was never going to convict a Democrat power lawyer were in fact correct about that. This is one of the most blatant examples of jury nullification I've ever witnessed, and that includes the O.J. Simpson trial. Did anything positive come out of the Sussman trial? Yes, absolutely. If you followed the case from the beginning and saw the groundwork Durham and his prosecution team spent over seven months preparing in the case filings, it became apparent that the Sussman case was the jumping-off point of prosecuting a criminal joint venture involving dozens of different people spread out over various political campaigns, private firms, and government agencies. Just because, on a single false statement charge that Durham used to establish all that groundwork, a D.C. jury nullified all the evidence and let Sussman walk, does this also nullify the evidence that Durham now has on record with the court? It does not. Durham can still use all this evidence in ongoing cases. Let me count the ways. 1. Durham established through an in-camera review that Perkins Coie, Hillary for America, the DNC, Fusion GPS, and other parties will make frivolous and unsubstantiated claims of attorney-client privilege in attempts to defy federal grand jury subpoenas. Any such claims these same litigants advance in future cases as they attempt to thwart subpoenas by making this same claim is not going to fly. It's already established record they lie about this, and so future judges will be granting Durham any in-camera reviews he requests. 2. Durham established there was a coordinated joint venture between the DNC, HFA, Perkins Coie, and Fusion GPS to create fake Trump-Russia collusion hoaxes. 
that were then to be given to federal agencies to get the Trump campaign targeted for law enforcement and intelligence investigations. Once a successful handoff of a hoax was accomplished, the Clinton campaign would then orchestrate a media leaking campaign publicizing the fact that Trump and his associates were targets of federal investigations. Durham established all of this on the record. Three. Durham established via sworn testimony that not only was Hillary Clinton aware her campaign was manufacturing fake Trump-Russia hoaxes, she gave her own personal approval to move ahead and give these hoaxes to the news media. She and her campaign left a social media record behind them after the hoaxes were given to the FBI, calling attention to the hoaxes and raising their visibility as a way to affect the 2016 presidential election. 4. Durham established that private federal contractors were stealing classified, non-public data off of federal agency databases and using the stolen data to construct these hoaxes. And the Clinton campaign was paying for it all. The FEC even fined the Clinton campaign and the DNC for trying to hide the payments for the hoaxes by laundering the payments for the Dirty Tricks operation through their Perkins Coie law firm. There's been a fantastic new plot twist to this point number four, which I'll be addressing in a minute. Five. As I've been saying for going on five years now, those who think the plan is to expose all of this so they can watch all the powerful people behind all this corruption skate away scot-free do not understand the movie they are watching. You don't expose this high level of criminal activity that involved massive national security breaches and the selling and buying of classified information without charging those involved in it. If you've read my recent column on the Igor Danchenko case, which Durham is turning his attention back to now that the Sussman case is in the books, as evinced by three separate filings yesterday, two of which were filed on May 12th, but were not put onto the docket until now, then you know what's coming. Durham is about to prove that the Hillary Clinton campaign was paying an actual Russian intelligence agent for information it packaged into the Steele dossier that was then used to, I'm not kidding, accuse an American patriot named Carter Page of being a Russian intelligence agent. How's that for a plot twist? Danchenko fled the U.S. back in 2010 and left his job as a research assistant at the Brookings Institute behind when the FBI learned he was soliciting the theft of classified information in exchange for payment. He absconded just ahead of the feds, opening up a FISA warrant on him. And yet, by 2016, he's back in the good old U.S. of A. being paid as Christopher Steele's primary source for the Steele dossier hoax allegations. Who let him back in? How did he know it was safe to return? 
Why did the FBI use the Steele dossier allegations that came from Danchenko when they knew he was a suspected Russian agent himself? We're going on year five of this farce, and none of these questions have been answered yet. But I believe they will be. Imagine how much fun Durham is going to have rolling all of this out in the pre-trial case filings showing the Clinton campaign was paying a Russian spy to accuse American patriots like Donald Trump, General Michael Flynn, and Carter W. Page of being Russian agents, that the FBI knew this goon was a Russian agent and yet they are taking allegations from him and using them in FISA warrants to spy on Donald Trump and his associates. And now, for yet another completely unexpected plot twist. Turns out, the FBI was directed to set up a federal database portal inside the offices of the Democratic Party's power law firm Perkins Coie back in 2012. I don't think that's the kind of thing the FBI just does on its own for the fun of it. Someone with authority told them to do that. And there's always a paper trail. I've had my disagreements with Sundance and the conservative treehouse in the past, but they absolutely nailed this one. Quote, from November 1, 2015 to May 1, 2016. Based on that examination, quote, NSA estimates that approximately 85% of those queries representing queries conducted by approximately X number of targeted offices were not compliant with the applicable minimization procedures. Even so, a non-compliance rate of 85% raises substantial questions about the propriety of using blank to query FISA data while the government reports that it is unable to provide a reliable estimate of the number of non-compliant queries since 2012, there is no apparent reason to believe the November 2015-April 2016 period coincided with an unusually high error rate. Quote, the improper access granted to the blank contractors was apparently in place blank blank and seems to have been the result of deliberate decision-making. Compliance report at 92 to 93, access to FBI systems, was the subject of an interagency memorandum of understanding entered into blank. Despite the existence of an interagency memorandum of understanding presumably prepared or reviewed by FBI lawyers, no notice of this practice was given to the FISA court until 2016. Of course, such a memorandum of understanding could not override the restrictions of Section 702 minimization procedures, end quote. They set this politically motivated spying system up inside the nation's top Democratic law firm in 2012, and they didn't even deign to let the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court know any of this was going on until 2016. And that was likely only after NSA Director Admiral Mike Rogers was alerted to the fact that the 702 query system was being exploited and abused for partisan political purposes, and he blew the whistle and temporarily shut the system down while a review took place. 
The 702 system abuse first surfaced back in 2017. I and many other Spygate researchers back then were all over the story at the time. But we had all been assuming the private contractors involved here was some firm like Fusion GPS. It never in a million years would have occurred to us that the corruption had run so deep that during a Democratic president's second administration, someone deliberately set up an FBI classified intelligence database portal inside the Democratic Party's top law firm. There's only one reason to be doing that. And it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Top Democratic Party power lawyers like, oh, let's say for no particular reason, Michael Sussman, were then given highest classification FBI badges that allowed them to go surfing through the federal agency databases from the comfort and luxury of Perkins Coie's own offices. And you'll never guess what these Perkins Coie lawyers used that access to do. Turns out they've been using this officially established FBI portal to spy on their political opposition for going on 10 years now. Will wonders never cease? This bombshell was dropped last night on the most watched cable news program in America. Representative Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, revealed it during his segment with host Tucker Carlson. This was all set up at the start of Obama's second term in 2012. By the time Trump emerged on the political scene as a presidential candidate in 2015, they had the political spying apparatus all set up inside Perkins Coie, and it was all humming along. So, Sussman walked on a single charge of lying to Baker. Ah, well. It doesn't keep the curtain from rising on the rest of this. They are still going to roll it all out. It can't be stopped. You're about to spend the next several months watching people like Obama and Clinton and other top Democrats twist themselves into pretzels, trying to explain how their pet law firm got this FBI portal access to spy on all their political opponents whenever they wanted to. Durham spent the last eight months laying out a massive criminal conspiracy, and last night, we watched another huge piece of the conspiracy drop into place. Will Durham actually start charging people for the vast criminal joint venture he spent the last eight months unveiling? Will he lose his nerve and just pack it in and go home rather than kick this hornet's nest? We'll see what happens.